You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. What's up, Colorado? Chris Lopez here and have another deal analysis. So today we're talking about an investor based up here in Denver, went and invested in a single family home down Pueblo for less than $200,000. So we're run through the numbers today because this is still in the interest rates of the 5% range. So numbers still work, property's still out there. So I got my guest and good friend on the show, Joe Massey. Joe, what's up? Great to see you, as always. Really appreciate it. Excited to talk about this deal. This is a great transaction for this buyer um, and just love sharing it with everybody out there. So thanks for having me again. Yeah, and of course, if you guys aren't familiar with Joe Massey, Joe Massey is a fantastic lender at Castle & Cook Mortgage. He's done all my loans, has done a lot of loans for our clients, and also did the loan on the property we're gonna be talking about today. So Joe, before we jump in the numbers, paint us a picture of the investor profile. Like who, who is this person? Yeah, it's a couple. They own a couple of properties, two or three properties, and uh, had some excess cash uh, from just savings over the last few years. And they reached out and said, hey, we'd really like to buy another property. This is about what we're wanting to invest. Um, I spent some time with them. They spent some time with Leah on your team. She's tremendous. And uh, they landed on it and said, hey, we want to buy a property. We want to look in the Pueblo market and under $200,000. They really wanted a single family home you know, because they didn't want to worry with an HOA or HOA dues increasing in the future. Just normal, nice, regular folks. So buy a rental property every couple of years for yeah. retirement plan. Yep, type. exactly. Perfect. Yeah, nothing crazy. Not full-time investors. You know, they both have full-time jobs, um, a couple of children, just just like anybody off the street. So that's one thing that I talk about a lot. This is not necessarily something that has to be your full-time job, right? These guys have regular jobs. Um, they go to work every day, but they still have some investment properties on the side and make a ton of money. Great. So they reached out to you, got pre-approved. You looked at their numbers. I'm sure you guys talked about things. Mm -hmm. And what was the ballpark they wanted to stay within as far as like all in cash? Uh, I think they wanted to spend about 70,000 or less. Okay. Yep. So obviously that uh, number doesn't go very far in Denver, mm -hmm. but in uh, Pueblo goes a lot further. So let's jump over to the spreadsheet here. And this is actually uh, your spreadsheet mm -hmm. uh, that we've been using for years. So just the, the spreadsheet we use all the time. If you guys need a copy of it, you can go to the website and just download the free toolkit. You can always reach out to Joe and his office as well. Yep. Uh, there are plenty of copies that floating around that we are happy to share with you. So I'll talk through numbers. All the details are on YouTube and the blog post. Uh, but Pueblo, single-family rental, investment property. What was the purchase price? Purchase price was $155. $155. And do you know the basic makeup of the property? I mean, single-family home, bed-bath yeah. type mix? Single-family home, two-bed, one-bath. Um, Pueblo, in Pueblo proper, so not in the suburbs or anything. I don't know if there's really a big suburb area of Pueblo. Um Okay, so it's so 800 square feet, small basement, unfinished, um, just a regular home in Pueblo. Yeah, okay, regular home, 2-1, great, great rental. Mm -hmm. What were the rough acquisition costs, you'd say? Um, roughly 3500 bucks. Okay, and when it came to, I mean, I, I don't, you know, from your side of the transaction, any major hiccups or or inspection items and repair costs that you know from your end? No, there was no repairs needed. This thing was turnkey. I think it may have been a flip. I'm not 100% sure about that. Um, let's see. When was the last time it was transferred? 
no, it was not a flip, but just a, in good shape. Okay, so in good shape. I mean, really no repair cost. And so I have defaulted the 25% down payment range. Uh, that's just my assumption or what, what did they put down percent wise? They did do 25% down, but it might make sense to compare um, if we have enough time at the end with 20 or 25 or 20 or 15%. Yeah, no, well, we, uh, we can definitely compare. So 25% down. So they were all in with acquisition cost and a down payment for just under $44,000. Yep. Um, so definitely below that $70,000 threshold with some money left over for reserves and mm-hmm. another uh, future down payment right there. But we'll say about $44,000 all in. Now, the interest rate, this is everyone's favorite topic lately. Yeah. And then this was a really recent deal that uh, everyone did. Yeah, this was within the last 15 days and it was at 5.625. 5.625, 30-year fixed? 30-year fixed, yeah. 30-year fixed. All right, so 5.625 interest rate. What is the monthly rent on a 2-1 down in Pueblo? So the appraised value or the appraisal came back with 1200 a month in rents. However, these guys feel the range on the appraisal was fifteen fifty to $1,000 a month, right? So the appraiser comes up, they look at rental comparables, mm-hmm. and they say, hey, here's several that are out there. This is what we think is like the target, which was $1,200. Um, this couple feels like they're going to get it maybe fourteen to $1,500, closer to the higher end of the range because it does have some pretty nice finishes. But the appraiser came up with $1,200 a month. Um, I would say probably go more of the upper end range with a rinser going. And I would it, agree. In my experience, appraisers' rents often seem to be very, very lagging. I would agree. Because yeah. they have no they have no data for it. That's right. It's difficult to acquire the data. Um so yeah, nothing against appraisers. There's, there's no public data for yeah, it. It's hard. Um so let's say fourteen hundred, which is on the conservative side. And I feel like every time I talk to Jenny or Lee in the Springs, um, they always say, oh, expecting this rent is always like fifty dollars, hundred dollars higher. So we thought. see it. Everywhere. So I think 14 is realistic and probably still conservative. Mm-hmm. Vacancy, 3%. Annual appreciation. I mean, let's keep it at 5%. Yep. Um, what about property management? They're two hours away up here in Denver. Do you know, are they uh, self-managing? They are not. They are going to have a manager. All right. So yes, 10%. I think so. Yeah. Monthly reserves. I think I like 8% because this property is a little bit older. Let's see when it was built. And you said it wasn't a recently re- refurbished property, so... Yeah, it wasn't a flip, but it was in really good shape. Built in 1900. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. But it's in really good shape. They've refreshed it, obviously, several times. Yeah, and it's probably been the major remodel at some point yep. for a 120-year-old property. Yep. All right, so HOA, no. I'm no Because sp- I know that was one of theirs, they not want it. Taxes and those items down there. Yeah, taxes... Are you ready for this? I'm ready. $552. Insurance? Insurance, $700. Wow. All right. Every time I see those numbers, always just so low compared up here. Mm-hmm. Um, what about utilities? Anything else? That will all be paid by the tenant. All be paid by the tenant. So landscaping, snow removal, water, all, all that by the tenant. All tenant based. Yep. All right. So pretty straightforward in underwriting. Um, I'm going to switch over the cash flow tab here on your spreadsheet. So to recap it, about $44,000 all in on a two bedroom, one bathroom house in Pueblo at $155,000 purchase price. Rents of $14 a month, subtract out the expenses, and we have total annual cash flow just under $4,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wow, and that's a nine percent cash on or a nine percent cash on cash return, seven point eight percent cap rate. Um, so I mean, those are just pretty solid. Oh, those are great numbers. 
Do you know how many doors they had to knock on to get this, though? <laughs> no. Zero. This was on the MLS. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, these numbers are better than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know if you've talked to him after they closed on here, but any, uh, what was your sentiment on seeing numbers like this? I, I have a guess. They were thrilled. Yeah. Right. We walked through it once they, you know, we went through it when they were getting pre approved. Hey, this is kind of what we're looking at. We walked through it once they got under a contract, double checked these numbers. There's always one or two things that might change if you have inspection items, et cetera, but nothing changed. They were thrilled at the closing. Yeah. I mean, so they stayed under the threshold of $70,000, mm-hmm. bought a great cash flowing property, mm-hmm. uh, locked in a long term interest rate, an inflationary environment. I mean, this is a great investment right now. Yeah. And I something that, you know, is always important to talk about. And we talk about this a lot with the podcast, Joe, is that like, you know, oftentimes people just get so focused on like one segment of the market. Mm-hmm. Yes, interest rates have gone up. You told me last week it's the fastest they've ever gone up in, in U.S. History. history. Yeah, fastest um, increase in history. So, I mean, I think everyone got a whiplash from it. So that happened in the market, but there still was going on locally, you know, like the market uh, dynamics locally and also what's going on the, pers- the person's personal finances. Right. So I am a big proponent of like looking at all of those factors for people. Um, while interest rates have gone up, you have zero control of it. And that trend's probably going to stay about the same. Yeah, I com- agree 100%. You know, the average interest rate in the United States for the last 45 years has been 8.3%, right? And we all know that investment properties are generally three quarters of a percent higher than that. So the average rate for an investment property of the last 45 years has been like 9%, all right? These folks were able to get this at 5.6%. Maybe some days it might be 5.8, maybe even 6%. Maybe some days it's five and a quarter, but you can make a ton of money by buying property, making a 20%, 25%, 15% down payment, renting it out and letting that property cash flow and repay you over the long period of time. And if rates go down in the future, you can always refinance or if rates go up, Congratulations, you locked in at the perfect time. Yeah, that's that's a, a, a great summary. So let's go through here and, and run a couple of those examples for lower down payment options and see what does the cash flow. Yeah. Um, and this is, I know, you know, when I buy a property, you and I do it together. I know you do with a lot of clients. Well, this is a, a pretty routine thing that we we go through with uh, clients. And again, this helps the person understand their financial situation as well. So 24% down, we'll do, we'll do 15 or? Let's do 20%. So if you did 20% down, your acquisition costs are going to go up by about $1,000. So 4,500. And your interest rate increased by one eighth of a percent to 5.75. All right. Everything else stays the same. Everything else so is the same. Cashed all in, drop about $8,000, $9,000 to $37,000. Now the cash flow is $3,300 a year. So it went down about $600. So yeah, $607 it went down. Um, cash from cash returns stayed about the same, about 9%. Yep. Um, cap rate, of course, stayed the same. So, I mean, no major difference there. 15% gets a little wonkier because you got PMI on there. Yeah. And actually, I'm really curious, have the have the 15% since they're sub have they taken a bigger rate hike comparatively than like the other ones? Uh, No. And I see very few clients actually doing 15% down. Although as we plug it in, you're going to see it's a terrific return, but very few people do it because they're afraid of a higher rate. They're afraid of higher costs and they're afraid of mortgage insurance. And that's okay. If cash flow is the most important thing, put more money down. It totally makes sense. So what would the interest rate be on a on 15% on that particular day was 6%, 6.0. Okay. And then change the acquisition cost, if you would, up about another $1,000. And then let's do monthly mortgage insurance. So I'm doing almost in your spreadsheet here. here. And that's perfect. 
going back to the cash flow tab. Well, now we estimate the insurance about $50 a month for PMI, mm -hmm. uh, which of course is an estimate on the spreadsheet. Annual cash flow is now about $2,000 a year. Cash on cash return is 6.5%. Yep. But look at your ROIQ. You're I know. I was about to say 41% yeah. return. And every time we've gone lower down, that's gone up. It was about, I think, a 30% at 25%, 35% at 20 Mm -hmm. uh, 40% at 15. Yep. And this is one of the things that I think is always um, important to look at is also that total return. Because you and I know this, but we've taught this class numerous times together, cash flows on everything. Right. And I heard a really interesting uh, snippet podcast We're talking about just Warren Buffett and just, you know, you know, he's always in the news, especially now with everything going on. And someone that said, talked about one of the keys to Warren Buffett's, you know, continued success over decades and decades and decades of, re of investing in the stock market was that he's able to borrow and buy assets on leverage. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, yeah, it makes sense. That's what we talk about all day. Buffett can do that. I can't do it in the stock market though. But you can do it in real estate. In real estate, which is the whole point. It was just like, it, it, leverage matters so much. It matters so much. They, I, it's a great reminder that leverage is so important, way more important than cash flow. I agree. And a lot of people talk about it right now. They're like, oh, there's no deals that cash flow out there. That's not true. 100% of deals cash flow if you put enough money down, right? Now you might say, hey, I want to put 15% down and then I want it to cash flow. Okay, that may or may not happen depending on rents, depending on how much you pay, depending on the interest rate at the time. But it's important to remember all transactions cash flow if you rent them. However, you may just have to put more money down in order to have that positive cash flow. All right. So um, wrapping back up to here, going back to this deal analysis, we ran some scenarios. I think we're good on ending at 25% down, right? Yep. Because you said they did not go for that. So I'll put these numbers back here. That way we can get the right information on the blog. Um Wrapping this up, any final thoughts on thing comments the investors made, their next steps when they're buying another property? What was the general? I think sentiment? they're going to save up for a little bit longer. You know, they're they're good investors. They're not looking to buy ten properties this year or anything. Yeah. They're just like, hey, this is great. We're going to rent it out. We're going to let it appreciate. Um, you know, we might save up some more money. We might call back for a cash out refinance on one of our other properties. But right now, they're just moving down the road, letting this property appreciate and make money. Great. Joe, as always, I appreciate you in the studio and sharing some deals. This was a fun one to look at and run some scenarios. And of course, I always recommend people reach out to you if you've got questions on getting a loan or get financing or just simply want to know what their options are with buying a new property or their current portfolio. All your contact details will be in the show notes. Uh, we'll see you next episode, man. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Chris. Bye, everyone.